While I was recording last week's episode, I kind of fell into this, it was kind of like a rabbit hole because I was thinking about all the ways that everybody's lives lives have changed over the past year with the pandemic. And now that I'm not convinced the pandemic is over yet, but things are starting to return, return to somewhat normal levels as we reopen things and get back into living our lives the way it was pre-2020. And I feel like this is causing a lot of stress for people. So um, if you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, make sure you go do that. It's not a prerequisite for this week's, but um, they kind of go hand in hand. So with all those new responsibilities, again, with all that change, again, even though it was stuff we had been doing and used to in 2019, people are now returning back to work and they're returning back to their workouts and they might feel like they're failing. And um, I just want you to think about where this is coming from and just kind of give yourself some credit for being able to have survived up until this point so that now you, when you are going back to doing these quote unquote normal things again, it's a great place to be. But um, I also don't want you to fall into pitfalls that you might've been falling into with your work life and your workout life prior to 2020. And let's jump into it with a little bit more of a plan. So this week, we're talking about the three ways to stop failing at work and in your workouts. Grab your headphones and let's jump right in. Welcome to Finally Fearless, a podcast devoted to getting your damn life back. My name is Dr. Melissa Chofi, a physical therapist who is absolutely sick and tired of seeing women like you fall victim to bullshit products bullshit advice and being made to feel like you have to accept a bullshit life. Here we will uncover the good, the bad, and the ugly in regard to the health and wellness realm and have some fun along the way. I'm so excited that you've taken the first step in getting your damn life back. Let's get into the episode. I thought the messaging on social media was bad before, like the shamey messaging during the pandemic, like why the hell aren't you running a marathon and cooking like 10,000 pizzas and taking care of 5,000 families and doing everything and anything and getting like a half hour of sleep. I thought it was bad during the pandemic, but I feel like it's either stuck around and I haven't noticed or it's gotten worse because the shamey messaging around like, everything's opening back up. You need to start doing things again. Blah, 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 blah. I feel like it's putting an added pressure on people and you might feel like that, that it's kind of like you're in some ways being forced to return to normalcy. And I hear a lot like with my one-on-one clients and just having conversations in general, people are like, I should be really grateful that things are opening back up and I'm getting my normal life back, but I just feel so overwhelmed. I feel so stressed out and I don't really know what to do. And then that brings on a feeling of guilt because shouldn't we be happy that everything's turning back to normal? Shouldn't we be happy that we can go eat at a restaurant with our family and friends without feeling scared? And it's... It's so, uh, I don't even know, like, it's just really sad to see such a, like, us have come such a far, far away considering where we were a year ago and how 
I feel like it's totally normal to be apprehensive about jumping back into it. And I feel like it's actually really healthy to take your time with getting back into this. And it's not, that's not the messaging that's being perpetuated on social media because it doesn't sell. It's not sensationalist enough. And we're going to break down that barrier today. So if that feels like you and you feel like, again, this goes back to last week's episode, if you feel that sense of urgency that you have to jump in and do all the things and be totally cool with your life pre-pandemic and returning to it in 2021, you don't have to feel like that. That's not realistic. It's not human. It's not, and especially if it's not something you're resonating with, then you don't owe anybody else an explanation. You don't have to do what everybody else is telling you to do. This is a time to really reflect on yourself and your comfort levels and all of that in returning to what should be a normal life, but is anything but. So that's why I wanted to do this episode because I feel like... I feel like when we're thrown into situations like this kind of haphazardly, that's where we start to fuck up and start to do things like neglecting ourselves and our self-care and our thought patterns and really serving ourselves. And we've had enough of that before. 2020 was a year to kind of slow down if we were able to. And now that we're jumping back into things 2021, we want to do so in ways that are conserving our energy and conserving our quality of life. So with that being said, I wanted to give you a blueprint or I guess a mini crash course in how to make your work life and your workout life better and not fall back into old habits. So we're talking about the three ways to stop failing at work and in your workouts without the shamey garbage messaging. Like you should have done this yesterday or you should be doing this and not that. We're not doing that. I want you to go in with this sense of resiliency and stop with the sense of urgency because we like we don't have time for urgency anymore we've lived enough of that let's actually start fueling our nervous systems and our actual needs instead of doing what other people scream in our face that need to be done so I really wanted to preface this episode with that because I don't want anybody to think like oh well she's just gonna tell me that I need to make more money or something fucking stupid like that because that's not the way I roll So the first step is setting realistic goals. And this looks different from your work life versus your workout life. Let's talk about the work life first. And I touched upon this a little bit in last week's episode, but I'm just going to say it again for those of you who haven't heard it. You're going to want to, if you can, break or try to break down big tasks and big projects into digestible pieces if you have to. So like... Your boss gives you a huge project. Initially, if you're like me, high-functioning anxiety, I freak out right away. You might be the same way. So, like, I really, I can't even stress enough that when a new project comes on your plate or you've had a, a meeting and, like, you're given all these new responsibilities, it is so beneficial for you to take a five-minute bathroom break slash bathroom hideout and just be Like, just go in the bathroom stall, just kind of sit there and think, do some breathing, do some meditation if that's your thing, and just kind of like be in the moment instead of reacting to something. So this was something I learned, unfortunately, pretty late in my career when I was working in marketing, which was an office job. 
Initially, I was a very reactive person. So something would get thrown on my plate. I'd have this sense of urgency. I'd run to my desk and like I'd be chained to my desk until this project was done. Even if it had a month due date or like two months due date, that was me. Like my heart was pounding. I was sweating. High functioning anxiety people. This is what it looks. <laughs> this is what it looks like. Um, but that's kind of what I would do. And then I was just like, I had a, a physical and I went to my doctor and I think it might have, it had to have been the OBGYN. And she was like, dude, you need to like calm down because your blood pressure is through the roof. She's like, are you stressed out? And I was like, I'm stressed out every day at work. Like just stepping foot. Once I stepped foot inside my office, it wasn't even the building. It was my office. My heart rate would skyrocket. I'd like... I uh, it was terrible it was so much anxiety around that thing and like we've talked about this before our nervous systems are all smart they learn these triggers it's an adaptation technique or a survival technique and your brain and body kind of form that connection so that was my connection it was just high stress all the time because I didn't know how to mitigate that so um I really did like a deep dive into how the hell am I going to combat this and that bathroom break even though it was like five minutes sometimes 10 like who's gonna find me in the bathroom actually now that I'm thinking about it and this is coming all back in my head I used to go so we were on the second floor I would go up to the fourth floor because I didn't know anybody on that floor and I knew their bathroom needed a key code to get into it and nobody on my floor had the key code except for me because I was friends with somebody in the security department which is another story for another day it wasn't friends like that it was just like platonic whatever but um I would go there and nobody in my office would use that bathroom and it was perfect and I would just hide out there for like five ten minutes because I needed to calm down it was unhealthy for me to be that stressed out all the time and it sounds very woo woo and this might be different for you everybody's different but it really really worked for me like if I felt like I was going to freak out about an assignment or about something that was thrown on my plate at the last minute, especially having that time to walk up two flights of stairs, sit down, even though it was on a closed toilet and just kind of breathe, meditate, think. I was so clear when I came back to my desk. And then from there, I would break that project down into parts, put steps and then assign on my calendar different things like whatever were in those steps different days would have different things to accomplish so that might be something helpful for you so instead of looking at this huge project as an oh my god this sucks I have so much to do this is so much work if you take a breather break it down into digestible pieces and then have a to-do pertaining to that project that might help you I also talked about this last week too in that if you break your workday down into doing three most important things like what are the three most important things that I need to get done today that is something that I newly established into my routine that's actually really really helpful and I only put the important things down. So for me, I have a to-do list. And at the top left corner, I will write the three top things I need to do. So that if I don't get through my entire to-do list, I don't feel like a piece of shit because I completed those three tasks. And that's absolutely what needed to get done today. The other things on that to-do list could probably wait till tomorrow. I could probably even wait till two days from now. You get what I'm saying? So kind of 
it's building a buffer in your brain to remind you to relax, to remind you that you're not being hit by a train right now. You might just be like, I don't know, have a leaf blowing into you. That was a terrible, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I tried to make an analogy there, but rather than a train falling over you, it might be like a little leaf is blowing against your face or something like that. So you're not being totally pummeled right now. You might just be a little inconvenienced. Um, So that's kind of how I want you to think about doing these big work tasks. And instead of looking at the big thing as this foreboding umbrella, it's more, okay, these are the little things that I have to do. And then you check in with yourself, you check in with your list, and then eventually that big thing is done and it doesn't seem so daunting. When it comes to your workouts, setting realistic goals is really important here as well. So the first thing I caution everyone is you want to be really realistic and really honest with where you're starting from right now. So if you if all you did were walks around the neighborhood twice a week, you're not going to jump into a six day a week hour long training program right off the bat. That's not being honest with yourself. That's trying to put too much on you at one time. And this is where we tend to give up. This is where we tend to fall into that trap that like, oh my God, I'm lazy because I didn't do this workout program. When in fact, you were expecting way much, way too much from your body and also your mind at that point because you don't have the mindset yet, excuse me, to be doing those types of crazy workouts yet. If that's something that you aspire to do, then by all means, like you will get there. But jumping into that right off the bat without really assessing and being honest of what your starting points are, that's going to be a be doing you a detriment and that's where injuries happen because again like training intensity training capacity and training load injury happens when load exceeds capacity so even if it's something if if you're talking about capacity in the sense of time per week being spent doing a workout if you're jumping in to 60 minutes a day six days a week from going from like 30 minutes two days a week that's going to exceed your capacity. That time load is going to exceed your capacity. So really setting realistic goals in how to do that and how to, okay, well, this is where I'm starting. What can be my next level? And then once you accomplish that, what can be my next level? So um, for an example, what do I do? So again, I don't mean to center myself, but I just like to give examples because sometimes having that visual or that example helps at least that's how I learn so last year I got Lyme disease knocked me on my ass for like three weeks straight I didn't want to do anything like I didn't even want to lift the dish that's how weak I was that's how much how badly I felt and when I was finally ready to start getting back into working out I had to slowly build so it went from no activity I was in so much pain. I was literally lying on the couch. And if I sat up and got up to get all of my meals and my water for that day, that was a good activity day for me. Like that's how bad it was. So I went from that to planning a walk for 15 minutes, two to three times a day. Once that was good, I bumped it up to 30 minutes. 
once that was good, I increased my days during the week. Once I felt pretty strong and like ready to start an actual workout program, I aimed for two days a week of strength training, bumped that up to three, bumped it up to three days of strength training and one cardio day. That was only like 20 minutes of cardio. But you see how it like it builds on top of each other. This is why like just jumping into something without knowing your starting point never sticks. And this is why piecemealing workouts from Pinterest and Instagram and all this other stuff. If you don't know how to grade that intensity and to build a progressive program, this is why you burn out and this is why you stop because it's not being set up in such a way that you're building upon what you've already built because we need that foundation and then we build upon that foundation instead of putting the the roof on top of the house as the first step that never works your house is going to crumble so that's how you're going to think about going into your workouts if that's something that you've been struggling with or even sticking with your workouts if that's something you've been struggling with is to think about your workouts in that regard also setting goals that aren't aesthetically based and if you're setting goals for a workout based on like how much weight you're gonna lose or what size you want to be I'm not going to shame you for that I just want you to think in other goals at other goals other than weight loss because again like what meaning does weight loss have for you it's probably not as significant as you think it is because if you go from a size eight to a size two What is that going to afford you? A couple extra compliments from people you don't know? Okay. Is that making your family life better? Is it making your relationship with yourself any better? Even though you think it is, it's probably not. Because whatever you're trying to... If you were trying to control something with with that weight loss effort, it's not going to go away just by losing weight. You have to get to the source of the problem. So... um, And that's something that a great licensed mental health professional can help you with. But I really want you to think about other goals that you can set. So, for example, like if you want to start strength training, what do you want to be able? Why do you want to start strength training? Like deep down, what is it? And I had a client who was like, I was like, why do you want to start lifting weights? She's like, because I am so I'm so tired of waiting for my husband to help me get down this the clothes boxes when I need to change the closets over for the seasons and if you guys have no idea what I'm talking about you don't have a change of seasons I'm very jealous of you so um those of you who live (laughs) in areas that do have a change of seasons you probably know what I'm talking about when you have like boxes full of sweaters and boots and all that and you shove it up in the attic and then come May when the weather starts to get nice you're like fuck I have to change all my closets over and take my shorts and my summer dresses down. And it sucks. And it really sucks if you have to wait for someone else to help you to do that. Because not only is just annoying, like when I have an idea in my head to do something, I want to get it done. But also it takes away a little bit of your independence too. Because now you're waiting for someone else. So this client I had, like she wanted to start learning how to strength train, mainly upper body stuff. Because... She didn't want to have to wait for her husband to help her take down the clothes from the attic every season. And I was very, I was very grateful that she said that. But that's, um, that's kind of how I want you to start thinking about your goals when it comes to your workouts. Because placing a specific goal like that, a 
we call it a functional goal in, in physical therapy, but placing a specific functional goal like that as a method to work towards, that's way more fulfilling than being like, I really want to be a size 12. You know what I mean? Because what does being a size 12 grant you? You might think it's going to grant you the world, but most likely it's probably not. So if you are having a difficult time kind of assessing where you're at now and where you want to be and all that goal setting and everything, really looking at your fitness um, analytically, I'm going to drop, I released a, um, it was, what did I call it? It was called Getting Honest with Your Fitness or something like that. It was a free guide that I released last year. And I'm actually going to put it in the show notes this week if you want to grab that totally free. Um, But it really will help you set those goals and start looking at your fitness and your exercise in different ways than which you've probably looked at them in the past. The next way to stop failing at work at your workouts is going to be unpopular opinion you're going to lean into what you're feeling how you're feeling instead of trying to bury it down and ignore it and um this is something that takes a lot of practice it you might want to reach out to a mental health practitioner to help you do this because sometimes it could conjure up a lot of stuff that's living beneath the surface that you never even know knew existed i'm speaking from experience here And um, it's something difficult to overcome and not enough people are speaking about this. It's always like, oh, well, just be grateful. Oh, just have some gratitude. Oh, just everybody has downfalls. Everybody has failures. Just pick yourself up, dust yourself off and just get back into it. And we're not learning anything if we're just shoving that stuff down and not really looking at like really recognizing how we react to certain things, what certain things might be throwing us off or might be triggering us or might be eliciting a reaction that we're not really, really cool with. So we really want to hone in on these feelings and really just feel them. So for work, um, are you constantly stressed out? Do you have a reaction like I did? Like when you step into your workplace or your office or sit down at your computer to do work for your boss where you feel like you're going to throw up or your heart rate skyrocketing or you're sweating or like your stomach's just turning. And then um, if you are feeling, are you feeling overwhelmed with certain stuff? Is there a way that you can ask for help or maybe relieve some of your duties? And this is this was a tough thing for me to reconcile with myself. Um, I'm a very much so a type A person. I want to, if somebody gives me something to do, I want to get it done. And that's not even just like, I want to be a great worker for everybody in the good of the company. No, it's because I'm a fucking competitive freak and I want to do it better than Sally J over there. So it gets to the point where you're taking on too much because you're so proud and you don't want to say no that you wind up digging yourself into a hole and you might not even be realizing it. And then all these like these crazy catastrophic thoughts come in like oh my god if I tell Mr. Jenkins that I can't do 
I can't work till 9 p.m. tonight and I can't take on this extra task that's going to make me work till 9 p.m. tonight. If I tell him that, I'm going to get fired. He's going to can me. He's going to give my job to Karen. None of that is probably going to happen. And if it does, your boss and your company sucks. But that's something else. Like the stories that we tell ourselves, especially when we're at work, and especially when it involves our work and our jobs and our careers, the stories that we tell ourselves are so powerful, even when they're not true or even have any semblance of truth behind them. Where are they coming from? Is it a self-worth issue? So personally, and I'll share this with all of you because I'm sure there's people out there who will resonate with this. When I worked an office job, I never said no. I was afraid. I was afraid I was going to get fired. I was afraid I was going to be seen as incompetent. And then we had a massive downsizing in our company and I was doing the role of four different positions. I had four different positions. They had to make up a new title for me because I, this job never existed before. And I was drowning and I was like, okay, like one night I went home and I was crying and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I was so stressed out. I was working, I got like a $20,000 pay cut at the time and I was like, I can't do this. So I had to write a list of the things that I was capable of and things that I might have to be like, so like all the, the tasks that only I knew how to do, that was on one side of my list. And then the other side was tasks that other people can like divvy upon themselves, like things that weren't so skilled. And that's not to like, be like, I'm so skilled at what I do. I'm such a skilled marketing person. No, I was just trained differently than other people. But having that plan and I was like, I had to go to my boss and I was like, listen, this is insane. Like I'm working too much. I'm working too long. I'm on call pretty much and not getting paid. These tasks need to be divvied out. And I was welcome. Like I was comfortable with the fact that it was either my health or my sanity or my job. That was how, that was the point at which I was at. And some of you I understand are not comfortable with that, which is totally fine. But I want you to start thinking about things in that way and not to be like, fuck you, bitch, I'm quitting. I don't want to do this shit anymore. You gave me the responsibility of four people. That's not, <laughs> that's not what you're going to do. You're going to think about things logically. You can scream a little if you want once you're like not within earshot of anybody you work with, especially your boss. Um, you could throw things too. Again, don't let people at work see that. Don't let your boss see that. But logically then thinking about how can I make this better? How can I delegate some stuff that might not be mainly on me, that not um, that I'm not the only one who knows how to do? Maybe it's sending out emails. Maybe it's compiling email lists, something. Like, you know what I mean? something that you can delegate to somebody else. I feel like a lot of good bosses will appreciate the honesty with that. And if not, fuck them. This is your life. Like this is why we see young, active, relatively healthy people suffering things like stroke and heart attack and all that. It's not because they're obese. It's not because they weigh a certain amount. It's because they're stressed the fuck out. Okay? So don't let that happen to you. And again, this is something to work towards. You're not going to get it right away. You're not going to know what to do right away. Just start thinking about it. And as the months go on, really try to employ some of this and see how it can fit into your life if it's applicable. 
And on the other side of the coin, if you really love your job, scream it from the rooftops instead of downplaying it. Like you are in love with where you work. You're in love with what you do. You're proud of what you do. You feel accomplished. You feel satisfied. You feel like you're making a difference. It's really adding to your quality of life. You feel powerful as fuck. If somebody's like, how's work going? Don't be like, well, you know, it's okay. It's a job. Because that like, again, mind is so powerful, right? So why I, society and societal norms and the way society runs and it, the way individuals run is so interesting to me because we are so quick and it's so acceptable to hate our jobs and talk shit about our jobs and talk how, about how much we hate working and how much we hate our jobs. But then if somebody's like, I love my job, work is great. That person's seen as a weirdo. You probably make fun of them and you probably think they're rubbing it in your face. Isn't it so weird? Actually, short story. Initially, I was going to, I was really interested in psychology. So I was going to become a psychiatrist um, before I went into marketing. But then I didn't want to give people meds because um, I, like, I don't know. I felt like, I, <laughs> like that gave me too much power. And I was like, here we go. Exemplifying what I was talking about before. I was like, what if I tell the wrong dosage? What if I give the wrong prescription? What if I do this? What if I do that? And I eventually I was like, I'm not being a psychiatrist. There's too much there. There's too much responsibility. Um, I did. And then I was like, I also don't want to go to school for an extra four years. So I went to marketing, hated it and wound up going back to school for another four years anyway. So here we are comes full circle. But um, I think the human mind is so incredible and so interesting to think about, especially the way society dictates like what's appropriate and what's not. But um, that was a little tangent. But if you're happy with your job, you love your job, just fucking blurt that shit out. I wish that more people told me they love their job. It's so it feels like not that I'm living vicariously through them, but it makes me feel like there's hope in this world that I'm like, oh, yay, this person doesn't hate their job. They're not miserable. It feels like I feel lighter for some reason. I'm very weird, but I'm also a very empathetic person, too. So I feel like that plays into it. But yeah, definitely. If you love your job, let the people know. When it comes to your workouts, you want to be really honest with what's going on. What are you feeling? Do you need to rest? Are you sick? So I actually had um, one of my one-on-one -on -one clients emailed me and she's feeling like garbage. She's very sick right now, not COVID, but she's very sick. And she felt so guilty for not being able to do the exercises I gave her this week. She's like, what should I focus on? Should I, should I increase anything? And I just, I just wrote her back. I was like, I just want you to hydrate and focus on getting better. The workout will be there when you feel better. And this is the whole like, it's so shamey. Like, oh, well, I felt like dog shit, but I still ran five miles because YOLO, postpartum body. Like, no, it just doesn't, no. Just stop. This is where burnout comes in. Again, this is where injury comes in. This is where um, not enjoying movement, not enjoying exercise and equating that with a type of not even punishment. Punishment's not the right word. But this type of like, I have to do it versus I want to do it, which is putting that in a negative mindset for you, whether you realize it or not. 
because it's kind of like I feel like dog shit, but I have to do this workout. So I might as well just power through and then I can rest. If you're sick and you're not feeling up to it, by all means, you need to rest. You need to hydrate. You need to eat. You need to sleep. You need to refuel your body because it will not perform for you in the ways in which you want it to during that workout. Now, it's a little bit different if you have a cold and you're like, maybe I can get some movement in and do some mobility work or a walk or something that's different. I'm talking about like an actual workout. If you're sick, by all means, use that as a reason, not an excuse, a reason to rest. Are you exhausted? You're not sick, but you might be exhausted. Maybe you got two hours of sleep last night. You don't need to jump into this balls to the wall workout because it's Tuesday and Tuesday's my hit day. No. If you got two hours of sleep and you didn't eat lunch and you drank like a thimble full of water today, your performance is not going to be up to like even close to par, let alone up to par. It's okay to take a rest. Our bodies need rest to rejuvenate. If you're working out back to back to back to back, probably not doing very much for you. It's probably actually not even accomplishing a health goal because your body is so fucking stressed out and it doesn't know how to rest. And again, this is where burnout comes in. This is why workouts aren't, they're quit before they even really start. This is why you've never finished a rotation because you're just, you're not giving your your body what it needs which is probably rest you're not paying attention to what your body's feeling which it might be exhaustion which might be dehydration which might be lack of appropriate fuel working out on an empty stomach there's no such thing as starving your fitness or working out in, while you're starving I don't even know what that's called but you know what I mean where you like don't eat for 10 hours and you're like oh my god now I get to go work out because I haven't eaten for 10 hours and it's just a better fat fueling source not true you need adequate nutrition and adequate fuel to fuel you through a challenging workout and your workouts your scheduled workouts not movement your scheduled workouts should be challenging to a point where it's not like this easy peasy thing. And this is a concept we talk about in Finally Floored. I kind of drilled it into everybody's head that who's in that group. We are big on anti-diet culture and kind of busting these bullshit myths around exercise. Because exercise... Yes, we need it for longevity. Yes, we need it for resilience. Yes, we need it for an amazing quality of life well into our 50s, 60s, 70s, even 80s. We need it, but we're going about it the wrong way. It's not just meant as a way to lose weight. It's a, meant for a way to build longevity, build joint health, build muscle health, nervous system health, all of it. And um, I'm really passionate about teaching that and really passionate about educating people on that concept because I don't feel like enough people, enough practitioners are. It's more so the shame game. So um, side note, finally floored is not open for enrollment yet. It will be at the end of this summer, but the wait list is available if you want to jump on there and learn more about the program as I release it. So I'm going to drop that in the show notes too. But um, before I forgot, I wanted to throw that in there. 
Do you also, so leaning it, going back to leaning in how you feel with your workouts, do you hate what you're doing because it's challenging you or because it's hell on earth for you? And I really want you to be honest. Is it just challenging where you're like, I really fucking hate planks. They're hard as shit. Or is it, I really fucking hate planks. I feel like a loser when I do them. It hurts my body. I don't know what they're doing for me. But everybody says that I should be doing them, so I'm going to do them. There's a difference between the two. So if you're hating it because it's challenging, that's all right. Like ease into it, but it might be a good exercise for you. But if you hate it because you hate your life while you're doing it and you're only doing it because somebody told you to, then it's probably not the best move for you or the best workout for you. And there are ways to circumduct or circumvent that circumduct circumvent that. Are you dreading your workout for any reason? Like these are all questions you want to ask yourself and really lean into what is bringing up certain things for you. And like, you're probably like, wow, you're really dissecting the shit out of this. And I am. But also, this is the work that nobody does or that nobody is taught how to do revolving around exercise. And again, is why so many people Part of the reason why so many people are sedentary is because they don't know or don't think of how to do this and how to incorporate this into their lives so that they can do things that they that are challenging for them, but also that they enjoy and feel good afterwards. And they know why they're doing a certain movement movement. You know what I mean? For both fitness and work, this is something you could do today, literally right now where you're listening to me ramble. You're going to stop following trash social media accounts that shame you for not being the super person. And you'll know these garbage accounts when they say shit like, everybody has the same 24 hours. You don't want it enough. That's why you're not doing it. You're not motivated enough. That's why you're not doing it. Look at me. I'm so motivated. Oh, my God. It was like 4th of July weekend. And um, I had so many family obligations. But on Sunday, I just said no. Because I promised myself that I was going to go work out. Good for you. I don't know about you. But I haven't seen my family in a year. And now that I can, I'm going to go spend the fucking 4th of July with them. You know what I mean? All these shamey accounts, especially if they're selling something at the end, dude, just look out for it. Look out for them because it's going to make you not pay attention to what's right for you. It's going to take you out of your mindset and put it into what they want you to think. It's very, very manipulative and I hate it. All this stuff, like everybody has the same 24 hours without taking into consideration different lifestyles, different responsibilities, different home lives, different work lives, all of that. And saying like, you're not motivated enough. This is not what being human looks like. Being human is taking into every individual aspect of what's happening in your life and being like, okay, well, you work three jobs. Let's see how we could fit exercise into your day in a way that's going to reach your goals. Maybe we could fit five minutes here. Maybe we could fit five minutes there. Here, let me give you some things you can do at your desk. Something like that. That's what being human is. We're breaking down the problem into something that fits your individual needs. Instead of putting this blanket shameful message that's meant to make you feel like shit about yourself and shit about your life. So then you wind up just doing nothing because you're like, well, I'm a piece of shit. I don't deserve anything. 
I don't stand for any of that. I hate it. And it really bothers me when I see it come out of um, professionals' accounts. It really fucking bothers me. So, yeah. We're going to stop that right now. We're going to stop following those accounts. And the last thing you're going to do to feel, to stop feeling like you're failing at work and in your workouts is you're going to really look at, are you stagnant? Have you made progress? And why might that be? So at work, this could look like, um, have you been living in your comfort zone? So have you been doing things that you're kind of used to doing? You've done it for like a year or two and you're like, oh, I could do this with my eyes closed. And you never really took on a challenge or you never really pushed yourself to learn something new or um, you never thought about how you might want to advance. What are some steps for you to get there? So like, um, what when I was, I'm trying to like talk about marketing because I feel like that's more, no, no, we're not going to talk about marketing. We're going to talk about physical therapy now. So I knew, I didn't know that I was going to become a business owner when I became a physical therapist. I was like, I'm never going to own a business. So truth be told in grad school, we did have a business course and I didn't pay attention to anything. I never studied because I was like, why do I need to know this? I'm never going to open a business. Here we are six years later. I own my own practice, (laughs) never thought it would happen, but I knew I didn't want to be a staff PT for the rest of my life. And then as I got, um, as I got experience working in the field, I was able to narrow that down. So it was initially like, I want to be in charge of a clinic and then seeing how I wanted, like how the insurance model was working and people were slipping through the cracks and it was kind of like cookie cutter garbage subpar care I was like okay maybe I won't be the owner of an insurance-based clinic or a director of insurance-based clinic because ethically I don't know how long I could do that maybe I'll run a pelvic health program for this clinic and see how it goes and then maybe I could just do a pelvic health program in like different clinics and kind of like pop around and be like a consultant and nobody wanted to do that which is so weird for me Because in my area, there are no pelvic health providers, but that's another story for another day. And like directors and owners of these companies were so scared of pelvic health because they didn't understand it. They didn't know what it was about. And I was like, there's no way I kind of like advanced to the levels at which were pretty much like a ceiling. Uh, And it was usually oh well you could either be a staff PT or you could be director of this clinic and I had already said that I didn't want to be a director of an insurance-based clinic or an in-network clinic so the next best thing for me was to go out on my own because that's what I wanted so is there something that you can do in your job kind of like that like ultimately where do you want to be like where do you want to be in 10 years I hate that question, but like, where do you want to be with your career? And if you can't think that far, maybe there's a more tangible goal. Like maybe this year you could take on, maybe you can like lead a sales meeting or maybe you can talk at the fundraiser or something like that. Like something to just push you out of your comfort zone to maybe get in front of more people, give you a little more responsibility, something like that instead of staying stagnant, unless you're comfortable staying like what you, and with what you've known and what you you know to do because it's automatic for you but if you are feeling stagnant what are some things that you can do 
to get to that next level. And now this does not make mean taking on more work for the same pay. That is not what I'm saying. So you really want to also get honest with yourself in what are you willing to take on for yourself at your salary? And if not, what kind of a raise is it going to take for you to do the extra thing? Or for the same salary, what can you remove from your plate to get you to do the extra thing? Because I'm, I want to end this whole thing that women have, and this is not to generalize, but it is something that is very prevalent with us as vagina owners. We are afraid of being seen as a bitch or um, being seen as combative, argumentative, especially when it comes to pay and demanding our worth. Okay. Um, I know it's really difficult and it's an uncomfortable conversation and it's kind of, it seems like it's stepping out of our place to bring up things like that and to demand things like a raise. But, um, that's something I want you to get comfortable doing because it's absolute bullshit. And like, I don't care how nice your boss is at the end of the day, the company's out for their bottom line and you're not a part of that. So I really just want to get that across. And that's not to be like conspiracy theorists. It just is how it is. That's what corporate corporate culture is like and just really I really if you do anything take anything from this episode and employ it this year it's knowing what your monetary worth and value are and demanding that you get compensated for that instead of doing extra shit for free and all this other garbage because it's nonsense just nonsense another thing in the work life too Are you doing so many things that you can't hone down on those skills that you want to expand to get to that next step? So maybe, again, this might be somewhere where you can speak to your boss about maybe offsetting some of your duties and kind of sharing the responsibilities so that you can take on bigger tasks to push you to where you want to go. And as far as stagnancy in your workouts go... I want you to think about are you changing up or advance or advancing your workouts to meet your goals or have you been doing the same thing at the same intensity for months? So a lot of people fall into this whole thing where they have a routine, they go to the gym, they know exactly what exercises they're doing, they know exactly what weights they're going to use and they do that for like three, four, five months and they're like, I'm not getting any stronger because you're not challenging yourself. Are you doing... Any variation of movements? Are you doing the same exact movements? Are you varying the order in which you do your exercises? Are you doing the same exact workout blueprint day after day after day or week after week, I should say? And um, this is kind of where some variability plays into effect. But that being said, are you changing things up too frequently? So are you one of those people like this used to be me until I knew better? Whereas like, oh, my God. This program is so amazing because it's a different workout every day for 30 days. Oh, so I won't get bored. Your muscles don't need to be confused. What happens is if we're not practicing certain movements and certain exercises, our bodies are not getting that map down. So we want our brain and bodies to get this kind of like roadmap down as to what certain movements should look and feel like. And then we progress those types of movements. So let's say like a squat, right? Let's break this down. You don't, so you don't know how to squat. So 
we break it down for you. So you do a hip hinge and then you do an unweighted squat and then maybe we progress up to a weighted squat and there's different ways to hold the weight and then we could do a single leg squat. So there's an actual progression to that because as your body gets better at learning that movement pattern, it needs to be challenged in order to do that movement pattern in a variety of settings because squatting is one of the things that we do every single day. So practicing that movement in a variety of ways is what's going to build resilience around, excuse me, around that movement and will lessen the likelihood that we get hurt when we're doing stuff like squatting to pick something up or squatting in the garden or, um, I don't know, squatting to, to clean the floor. You know what I mean? So instead of, oh, well, I did squats on July 2nd and today's July 30th. I guess maybe I could put them in again. What? And then you're like, well, I've been working out for three weeks. I might as well just like add 25 pounds to my weighted squat when I was doing unweighted squats before. But you haven't been practicing that movement, let alone with a two pound weight. And now you're going to jump up to 25 so the point of the matter is that I'm trying to long-windedly get at is that you need to get the basics of a movement down and that doesn't come with a day of practicing it. It comes with multiple repetitions of that movement, multiple practice sessions of that movement and then breaking it down and progressing it so that you build resilience around that movement in different ways so that when your body is called upon to do that certain activity, you don't get hurt because your load meets your capacity. Okay, so... um Again, like, and then another thing too, your nervous system actually adapts way quicker than your actual strength. So if you're doing, if you're lifting weights for say two weeks and then by week three, you're like, wow, I could really like jump up a lot of weight here. It's probably an adaptability of your nervous system, getting accustomed to the movement over your muscles actually gaining strength. So um, this is another concept we covered in Finally Floored that we practice similar movements in different ways and similar movement patterns in different ways for weeks at a time because we don't want just want this false sense of stability and strength we actually want stability and strength we want our muscles to gain stability and strength and not just our nervous system so we hit the nervous system we hit the joint capsules we hit the muscles which is kind of what you want in a workout program all of that being said I really wanted to drive home this point that it's absolutely okay to fail. I'm going to say it again. It's okay to fail. That's how we learn. We would never learn if we never fucked up. It's what you do with that failure that is going to determine whether you actually failed or whether you can use it as a growth point. Right? So if you did say you did fuck up on a project at work, what could you have done differently? Like by all means, if you want to cry, if you want to have a bottle of wine, if you want to like, well, not the whole bottle. If you want to commiserate with your BFF and have a, a, like a happy hour date because you failed, 
lean into it, do what you need to do. That is all totally okay. And then when you're ready to face it, you're going to think about what could have potentially led to not that failure, but that fuck up. Failures are very finite sounding. It doesn't mean the world has ended. It doesn't mean your world has ended. It just means you fucked up a little and we all fuck up. We all learned how to walk and we all probably fell into the coffee table and smashed our faces. We still don't have those bruises. We still don't have a black eye. I had a black eye when I was little because I fell into the table and it was so embarrassing for my mom. And I still remember that story. I was three. I wasn't learning to walk though. But you know what I'm saying. So I really just, I really want you to be comfortable with thinking about fucking up as a growth, a growth opportunity. We all do it. It's what you do with that information afterwards that is going to really determine if you are going to survive or not. So I hope this episode sparked something in you. I hope you learned some stuff that you can take home. Make sure to grab that Getting Honest With Your Fitness Guide in the show notes below. And if you do want to sign up for Finally Floored, it's a 12-week program for active folks with vaginas who have no idea how to use their bodies. We build you literally from the core and pelvic floor outward and eventually leading into an all-encompassing program that helps build resiliency and smash bullshit myths that your MDs and society have told you to just deal with instead of giving you a solution. So make sure you sign up for that and let me know if you have any questions. As always, my contact is below. And we will see you on the next episode of Finally Fearless. Like we do it.